we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 28th, 2014. And I'm thinking this will be our last part. Uh, continuing on <clears throat> with this whole thing with just happened in Oklahoma. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I mean, this really... I ordered the report in this way because if I would have ordered it any other way, it wouldn't have been as dramatic in regard to the information that I'm presenting. Because I'm trying to, to show you, okay, here's what's going on in the Middle East. Now, here's what's going on in America. And progressively building on this. This just came out, okay? Muslims shouting, praise Allah, surround Oklahoma cops after a press conference on the beheading in Oklahoma. Here is a Twitter pic of them surrounding the cops, okay? I didn't, I really checked into this a lot, because at first I didn't believe it. I said, nah, there's no way. And then I'm like, uh-oh, um, hmm, this seems to be legitimate here. Okay, here is a comment regarding this, um, this report and this picture. And it says, they're here, people get ready. Real funny how the news isn't showing any of this. And again, totally suppressed. Okay, it's workplace violence, it has nothing to do with ISIS, it has nothing to do with Islam. The guy just likes to kill, behead people. I mean, come on, gut the guy some slack, you know? Just got Taliban fighters all over his website and in pictures of beheadings on, and he said in his Facebook page he's been watching the beheadings. And I guess he wanted to get into the, you know, he wanted to get into the act and everything and, and, and really show stuff. So, Muslim, Oklahoma Muslims read from the Quran during the press conference. Um, two to three local Oklahoma Muslims are reading passages from the Qurans out loud on the ground at the site of the news conference. Okay, so while the news conference is going on, these that regarding this guy beheading this woman, these devil Muslims have the audacity to go there and read aloud while the news conference is going on from the Quran. Talk about disrespectful. Talk about somebody that is saying, yeah, we're glad he beheaded her. We're glad he did. And we're going to read our Qurans and show you how holy we are. You would think they would be there apologizing and saying, oh, this, even though they said if it wasn't Islam, they would be lying. But they would be trying to smooth things over. Oh, no, no, let's go and flame things. Let's go, let's go really get in their face and show them how our zeal for Allah. Then another guy says, the Muslims were saying, this is a guy that was there, the Muslims were saying praise Allah during the conference. During the conference of the lady getting her head chopped off. They're saying praise Allah. It's, it's here in America. You would expect this in the Middle East, but it's in America, and this was totally not reported. I made sure I really checked into this, and three different, I've seen three different sources now. And the Gateway Pundit was the one that actually ended up, um, uh, I think, with the original story. And I give you a link here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Then... Another um, comment was, several Muslims attended the press conference. Not all at the news conference were Muslims, but I'm guessing probably 30 to 40 were out of the 100 to 120 total who were there. And they were saying, praise Allah, and, and two to three of them were reading out of their Qurans while it was going on. Not too disrespectful. 
considering the lady just got her head lopped off. So I'm going to go ahead and play a clip here, um, <clears throat> about five minutes worth, a little bit more. Now, I don't recommend this guy. He's basically nothing but a glorified Catholic. I don't recommend him. Um, and I've had a lot of, Paul Begley, I've had a lot of people, at, but he does bring up some good points here, and I thought that it was, it was a good enough audio clip to play because he gives some other insight into this. I don't know this is a horrific thing that happened in Oklahoma there at Vaughn Foods where a man, 30-year-old man, was fired and then, uh, you know, he had recently converted to Islam and while working there was trying to convert other people to Islam. So uh, definitely involved in Islam. He was fired, got in his car, drove around the front of the parking lot of the building of the, of the business, crashed into another car, got out, went inside and stabbed a 54-year-old woman to death, a woman who had survived the uh, tornado that tore apart Moore, Oklahoma. He stabbed her to death and then decapitated her. He then stabbed another woman before the COO who was an off-duty police officer, shot him several times and stopped him. He is still alive and in the hospital. Now, the police held a press conference, and this is a picture, an overhead view. Muslim men came... I give you a picture of the... another picture of this uh, in the PDF on this teaching as well. In, in mass... <clears throat> stood around, they surrounded the police spokesman during the conference and shouted, Praise Allah! Praise Allah! Praise Allah! That's so evidently, praise Allah for this woman dying and the other one being stabbed. We're going to come out and force. See, it's getting to the point now where there's enough Muslims here and they've had enough liberty and they know that, that they have this... this um, the whole political correctness, they know how the press is going to protect them, that they're getting bolder and bolder and bolder. Now they're starting to decapitate people. They're already doing it in Dearborn, Michigan. They're killing people. The, new, the media is covering it up. Now they're getting so bold as to actually come to American press conferences when they've committed atrocities and scream praise Allah and read the Quran. That's what they shouted. They're at the Oklahoma press conference in regards to the man who had stabbed... Uh, the woman and decapitated the woman as well as stabbed the other woman. Now, this is according to the local newspaper there, uh, the Gazette. Uh, and, and this is really disturbing, folks, because um, you might say, well, Islam had nothing to do. I've, had, I've already seen reports on television Lamestream media trying to say Islam has nothing to do with this. Well, folks, let me just put it to you this way. The man is, is Islamic. And uh, I realize he hadn't been, in his, uh, you know, been involved in Islam very long. But apparently he had read enough of the Quran to know the part where it says you can behead infidels. Because he apparently understood that part of the Quran anyway. And again, he had pictures on his Facebook, of decapitated American soldiers, on his Facebook, okay, I mean, of Taliban fighters, I mean, he, he knew 
And he had been saying that he'd been watching these videos of these decapitations. So he knew full well what he was doing, and he was doing it for Allah. Folks, this thing is start a movement, is beginning in America. And let me just say this with Oklahoma. Unfortunately, Oklahoma, of course, the black mass, just a what, a week ago, September 21st, last Sunday, a black mass was allowed to be done, and in a public building in Oklahoma City. Also, Oklahoma's... Uh, has agreed, or lawmakers are going to allow, and a judge has, has approved the erecting of a monument to Lucifer. I call it Lucifer's lap, where Lucifer literally is sitting in a chair with a lap available for people to sit in with two little children around him admiring him. Uh, now, I've reported on that and put out a lot on my emails. that He's not making that up. It literally is a sculpture of basically Baphomet, Lucifer, the goat-headed Lucifer, Baphomet, androgynous God, with two children on his lap in the Oklahoma, whatever state capital or wherever it's at, Rotunda. I mean, this is total insanity. Maybe that's why we're seeing the earthquakes now. Maybe we're starting this, we just had a bus crash. In Oklahoma. To That's true. Those those four girls died in that, that softball. Um, uh, those four girls that were playing, uh, that were on the college softball team in Oklahoma, four of them died. And then you have this beheading. You, you've got the, 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 um, the Lucifer sculpture with the two kids in the, in the Capitol Rotunda. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that they could be, this could be all God's, you know, judgment. They could be connected. Day, four members of a Texas college softball team killed, several other injured critically in the hospital. And now that even there is potential homicide uh, charges going to be brought up maybe in this crash. Don't know yet. Just heard that a few moments ago. But Oklahoma also, Oklahoma now this year alone has had more earthquakes than California. Oklahoma is now leading the nation in earthquakes. Now you got to listen to me. Oklahoma is the reddest state in the Union and actually is in the heart of the Bible Belt. But the demons of hell are attacking this, this uh, great state of Oklahoma with some of, some of the best Christians I know, some of the best followers I got are right out of Oklahoma. It's not a reflection on the church. It's a reflection of the demons of hell rising up against Christians. Well, I I have to kind of beg to differ there, because if the church was doing its job, and I don't mean the Catholics, I mean like the true Bible-believing Christians, there would be more resistance, I believe, to what we're seeing here. Okay? Um, Particularly with the satanic statue, because the report I read that the protest that that was organized against the satanic statue, now I don't know, it could be wrong, Maybe it is. I hope it is. But it said that there were, um, they were all Catholics. They came out to protest it, and I'm like, oh, well, great. I mean, <laughs> Catholics. Oh. We need to have real Bible believing Christians. They're not just Catholics. Not Catholics, preferably, you know, because I don't want to be aligned with a cult. 
I really don't. I just don't want to be aligned with it. I don't want to be labeled in the same boat as them. And for obvious reasons, if you've seen any of my teachings on Catholicism. So, I'm just speculating, I'm not condemning, but I am doing some some speculation here. Not only the world, but here in America as well, right in the heartland. So there you see the police chief trying to give a press conference, being surrounded by members of the media, but mainly, mostly being surrounded by a huge crowd of Muslim men shouting, praise Allah, praise Allah, praise Allah, as they were surrounding him. It's got to be a little bit intimidating. And I think that's what this was, an act of intimidation. Now, I don't think, like the report said, they were all Muslim. It's saying they were thinking 30 to 40 out of, like, whatever. Um, but, then again, I wasn't there. But the, the fact remains is this did happen. Why would you say praise Allah when the man's talking about one of their brothers, a brother in Islam, who had just decapitated a woman. Exactly. Folks, you don't think we got a problem? You don't think we got a problem? Well, go ask the Christians of Syria and Iraq. They'll tell you just how big a problem we're probably got. And it's start. So, anyway, that I just wanted to play that, that clip there. And um, to give you a little bit more insight on what's going on. I mean, this is, to me, this is a real... This is almost a turning point. I've never seen Islam be this bold within our borders. To where we're getting literal beheadings. And then literal Muslims turning up to basically praise the person that beheaded a totally, you know, you know, innocent woman. I understand we're all guilty as far as sin goes, but I'm talking about he just walks in there and randomly stabs this woman and then beheads her. For no reason other than, you know, Allah, the Islamic mandate. And then you've got these devils turning up with the audacity to quote the Quran and say praise Allah while they're doing this. I mean, that I, I really think they're seeing what they can get away with. They're really testing the waters. And they're really seeing how spineless um, America is acting toward them, which is only going to embolden them more. Now, here we have... I mean, this just broke, um, I don't know if it was uh, today or yesterday, fired Muslim Oklahoma City nursing home worker threatened beheading of woman, police said. Okay? Um, This is Oklahoma City. In a bizarre coincidence, a fired Oklahoma City nursing home employee was arrested Friday after a, which was around the same time all the stuff was breaking with the Oklahoma beheading, after a co-worker reported he threatened to cut off her head. Jacob Mungambi Morathi, here's a picture of him, 30 years old, also 30 just like the other guy, is being held in an Oklahoma County jail on a terrorism complaint. His bail is set at $1 million. The arrest came on the same day police in Moore Oklahoma revealed fired Vaughn Foods worker Alexander or Alton Alexander Nolan beheaded a co-worker after he was fired Thursday. I mean, this is really some disturbing stuff. Nolan is also, or Nolan is a Muslim 
convert. This is the guy we just talked about. Marathi, this guy, the the guy we're talking about now, was identified as a native of Kenya who was living in Oklahoma City. He worked at Bellevue Nursing Home in Northwest Oklahoma City, reported police. The co-worker reported Marathi threatened her while they were both working at the nursing home on September 19th, which is 10 days ago, a police detective wrote in an arrest warrant affidavit. The woman was not identified. She said Marathi identified himself as a Muslim and said he represented ISIS and that ISIS kills Christians. Quote, the detective told the judge that in an affidavit the two had not worked together before. Now here we go again. This guy hadn't even worked with this lady. Okay? Just like the other one, the guy walks in there and he, he beheads her and for no reason at all. No reason. Just because he's wicked and evil. Okay? He hadn't even worked with this lady before. It's not like, the, the point I'm trying to make is it's not like either of them had an axe to grind with the people they beheaded. It was just random. It was just, you know, the first person they found. The woman said she had asked him why they kill Christians. And he replied, quote, this is just what we do. Well, that's a great reason, you know. The victim said Jacob asked her what time she got off work. And she replied by asking him in a joking manner if he was still going to kill her. If he was going to kill her when she got off work. The detective wrote, Jacob told me, yes, he was going to cut off her head. The victim asked Jacob what he was going to cut her head off with, and he said, quote, a blade. Then, he told her after he did, he was going to post it on Facebook. So this is the kind of demon possession via Islam that we are seeing now happen the same day in Oklahoma, on a Friday. I mean, well, this broke on that day, but actually it happened uh, before that. But, I mean, this is, I'm trying to drive this point home that this is coming and this is here. The victim said Jacob was serious when speaking and never made any statements that he was joking or playing around. End of quote. <laughs> so, you know, thank God this devil was, was uh, apprehended before he was able to act out on this. Thank God this lady took this seriously. Let's go further. President Barack Obama favorably quoted and praised on Wednesday in his speech before the United Nations a controversial Muslim cleric whose organization has reportedly endorsed the terror group Hamas and supported a fatwa condoning the murder of U.S. soldiers in Iraq. Obama's remarks often offered praise to a controversial cleric, Sheikh Abdullah bin Baya, and referred to him as a moderate Muslim leader who can help combat the Islamic State of Iraq and ISIL or ISIS's radical theology. See, we want to use moderate Muslims to combat the radical ones because obviously they're not on the same team. I mean, it's not like they both worship Allah. It's not like ultimately they both want the same thing, which is world domination. So definitely we need to arm the moderate Muslims so that they can turn around and ultimately use those weapons against the infidels because we're so stupid to give them to them. But then again, it's all by design. And I'm saying my listeners are stupid. I'm saying that that's how I'm sure they probably view the government. But the government's like, no, we're really not that stupid after all. We're doing it on purpose. 
We're using you to destabilize the planet. We're using you to further our agenda. We're using you to bring order out of chaos and to bring us out of the old world order and into the new world order. And you are our useful idiots who will die in mass, you stupid Muslims. That's basically what they're saying to them. That's what Satan is saying to them through the Illuminati. That's pretty much how I see it. Now, there's a thing I saw here. And it's a, it's a little picture I posted. It says a radical Muslim wants to kill you. It shows a sword. A moderate Muslim wants a radical Muslim to kill you. <laughs> so that's the only difference between radical Muslims and moderate. A radical Muslim wants to generally kill you, and he wants to use a real sword to do it. But a moderate Muslim wants the radical Muslim to kill you. <laughs> that's, that's the only difference, you know? So, however, this Bin Baya himself has long been engulfed in controversy for many of his views, including the reported backing of a 2004 fatwa that advocating the murder of Americans fighting in Iraq. This is not the first time that Obama administration has extolled Bin Baya. Well, Obama is a Muslim. He was brought up a Muslim. He was raised a Muslim. He is a Muslim. He's just a stealth jihadi Muslim. He's just never going to admit it. Okay, He's waging stealth jihad. He's He's um, populated his cabinet and czars in this with radical Muslims in the highest places in American government, and he's given them all of these rights and privileges and protections, and told the media to totally, you know, just go silent whenever it is, is, is humanly possible to uh, not report on all of the crimes they're committing, and how they're pouring into the country, and how they're pouring across the southern borders along with the illegal aliens, and along with the Mexican drug cartels, who are actually aiding and abetting them. You know? Just keep all that under until the day and time we're ready to, to, to give them the green light so that they can wage jihad on America and we can impose martial law to strip you of all your rights. And we'll use them as the excuse to do it. And then maybe a biological attack as well, or maybe a pandemic to boot. That's the plan. This Bin Baya has served as the vice president of Muslim Scholars Group founded by the radical Muslim Brotherhood leader who called for the death of Jews and Americans. So, yeah, he's a guy that Obama should be praising. Well, I mean, you know, I can understand why he is. Here's here's another thing I'm going to play. Muslim Day Parade in New York City. I didn't even, when I saw these pictures, I'm like, oh, come on, these are probably photoshopped. No, they weren't. They're real. They're all real. Muslim Day Parade in New York City. This just happened with guns um, uh, hanged people and caged women. So I'm just going to let this report roll here. This is this is footage from this Muslim parade in New York City that just happened. This is Pamela Geller on Ezra Levant discussing the Muslim Day Parade in New York City. There it shows a guy, a Muslim, uh, dressed up in camo, and he's got a uh, the um, gallows set up w- with a uh, a woman um, dangling on a noose. Um, she kind of looks kind of like a nun, but supposedly this woman represents Egypt. But it's not too disturbing seeing a woman hanging from a noose in the back of a pickup truck with some guy in sunglasses and camo beside her. Probably standing beside her. I mean, that, that's not too, that's not too warped. Yeah, that's not in Syria or Iraq. Those were the sights and sounds on the streets of New York City. Last Sunday was the annual Muslim Day Parade, always scheduled right around 9-11. The theme of the parade, as advertised, was 
Islam and America's shared values. But it was nothing like that. There was support for terrorists in Egypt and Gaza, anti-Jewish propaganda. Pamela Geller is the editor of Atlas Shrugs, and she joins us now from New York. Pamela, I cannot believe that that kind of bold, audacious, pro-Islamic state, pro-terrorist propaganda was in the streets of New York. That looked like something out of Gaza or, or Islamic State Mosul. What the hell was going on in the streets of your city? It really was incredible. First of all, it's always, as you point out, always takes place, the Muslim Day Parade, around 9-11. And I will say that, say that usually they try and show some moderation, although it's always sprinkled with the, fla- the black flag of jihad, or as they call it this year, the, you know, the ISIS flag, or last year the Al-Qaeda flag. It's the flag of jihad. That was not present this year, but, you know, a woman hanging off a gallows was present. Caged girls were present. Yeah. There were Muslims with what looked like AK-47s, fake no doubt, but they were firing into the air and shooting at people. And it wasn't until one of my fellow bloggers, Pamela Hall, went to the police because you know you can't a kid can't even take a water pistol to school nowadays. Yeah, not in Michael Bloomberg's New York. I know you have a new mayor now, but De Blasio, he's even tougher on these things. Let's go through. It shows it showed all these pictures of the parade itself and these guys are holding up what appear to be semi-automatic weapons and you know, all of this debauchery and, and evil being just celebrated in the streets and, and can you imagine if Christians tried to do this? You know, they would they would be swarmed by SWAT teams and you know, probably a matter of minutes you know, all carted off to wherever. But Muslims could do it all day long. It's fine. Here's some of these. I mean, we've got six photos that we selected from your website, and I know one of your fellow bloggers, Urban Infidel, took yeah. some of them. Let's go through them one at a time. Let's spend about a minute on each of them, because they're just so bizarre. And what's, I mean, it's not bizarre that Islamic terrorists do outrageous and uncivilized things. But what's outrageous to me is that this happened in New York with so little reaction it's almost like America's being conditioned to this. This is the first one of a woman in a noose, a disgraceful image. What the hell does that even symbolize? We hang women, or is that some... What is that? And there's a guy standing next to her. It's a mannequin, of course, but the yeah. guy's... In, what's, that, what's that all about? Yes, and he had, he had uh, the guns as well. Well, it was a very pro-terror rally. It was a very pro-Muslim Brotherhood rally. The uh, symbol of the Muslim Brotherhood, there were pictures of Morsi, and I think, and it's subtle, I, 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 I grant you, she's supposed to be Egypt. Oh. Yes, and Egypt is being hung, when in fact, look, 33 million Egyptians took to the streets and, you know, threw off the Islamic yoke of tyranny of the Muslim Brotherhood. But this, there was not that at this rally. Here's this a thing. I don't know about that. Sorry, I don't believe that it, Egypt's thrown off the tyranny of whatever. They're, they're probably, they're worse than ever, you know. They just exchange one evil for another. But, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think that they can say that all day long. But with the way that Islam treats women, uh, in particular... I don't tell me that's not a, a not so subtle message going out to to women. I mean, look at what they again they do to the, with these honor killings. I mean, this goes on all the time, and so I I think that's a not so subtle message to Islamic women. You better stay in line, and here we're going to see more proof of it in a second. Picture of a map of the region, and Israel 
is gone. All gone. of Israel. Uh, repla- and there's the black uh, colors of the Islamic State. And there's uh, Israel is replaced by Palestine. There's the Egyptian flag. And the black, of course, the colors of Islamic State. Where was that flag? I mean, it's just, this was just their symbols. They're not even pretending to be moderate. It was a huge banner that was held by a number of people as they walked down Madison Avenue. That was a huge banner. Madison Avenue. Here, let's go to the next photo here. We've got, we've got six of them. I want to jam all of them in. Put the next one up, and we'll take a look at it. Now, this is the weirdest. These aren't mannequins. These are real women in hijabs in a cage being driven through New York. This is not to Crete. This is not... And these women are like, they're like on their their knees, they're sitting in a cage in full, you know, Islamic garb, and they look real sad, real submissive. And again, this is a not-so-subtle message to the women, because I believe, probably compared to women in the Middle East who Islamically know, quote, know their place, know not to get out of line, the American women, they probably have a little more trouble with even if they're Islamic converts and the women need to have a not-so-subtle message, hey, you know what? You're going to die. You're going to be in prison. You better stay in line. And this is what Islam is. And you better like it. And we're going to send a not-so-subtle message to all you women out there that this is what's this is what we have in store for you. Mosul, this is not Benghazi. Three girls in a cage. I mean, is this the Boko Haram float? In this terrorist parade? What the hell is that? I don't mean to laugh. I have to tell you, the symbolism of the caged girls escapes me. Well, it doesn't escape me. I know what they do. I've read the Koran, and I recommend everyone do. There there is the law of Sharia law of taking sex slaves. When you conquer a country, you kill the men, and you take the women as your sex slaves, and that is permitted under Sharia. That's yes. my best guess. I mean, that's what they did with Boko Haram in Nigeria. Absolutely, 100%. Sorry about the language there. I, I'm, I just... I wish people could just keep it totally clean when they give an interview. I mean, you're on national TV. Let's keep it clean, you know? Anyway, um, but yeah, I think he brings up a great point. That is a message not just for Islamic women. That is a message for all women. Here's what we have the right to do to you. You know, and we will keep you as sex slaves, and 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 you will be our property, which is what they're considered. Women in a cage in New York City. Where's the feminist? New York, one of the most feminist cities in the world. I, I haven't heard a peep about this. No, the feminists go totally silent when it comes to Islam. The Islam can can treat, abuse, debauch, debase their women any way they want. Feminists are totally silent. Totally silent. Total hypocrites. Well, I have to tell you, there was no media coverage, and if it wasn't for Urban Infidel and Pamela Hall... Again, no media coverage whatsoever. Just like there was no media coverage about them saying praise Allah. This is in the last, like, you know, couple weeks. Just, I give you three examples. Workplace violence, it's not Islamic related. Um, All the cover-ups of the the, um, beheadings and the honor killings in Dearborn, Michigan, that we talked about. Um, The uh, cover-up on this other guy that threatened to decapitate the lady. I mean, that hasn't been mainstream news at all either. You know, and now this, no media coverage whatsoever. No media coverage of them at the new, at the press conference of them saying praise Allah and reading from the Quran. You know, it's just total hypocrisy. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to give this as much coverage as I can in my little sphere uh, of influence. TRMDD, there would have been 
no coverage of this whatsoever. And this is what's shocking to me. Uh, the caged girls, I don't know if it's honor, you know, the, the, uh, the honor violence code under the Sharia. Honestly, I don't know. But again, each image becomes more astonishing than the next. This is well, let's New York the next City. One. I think the next one is the guns. I mean, like in downtown Manhattan, where Mayor Bloomberg has been on an anti-gun sweep and de Blasio's for full gun control. Take a look at this next picture. This is in New York. Now, those are not real... No, but this is this is an example of things to come, because like I said, when you disarm a law-abiding populace, the only ones that are armed, the only ones that will have guns, are the corrupt, wicked government law enforcement that will be in place at that time. And I'm not coming down on all law enforcement. I'm just saying that the criminal government in general, okay, not to say that everybody in the government's criminal, but I'm saying the criminal government in general... And the criminals are the only ones that will be armed. And Islam is obviously a bunch of thugs and criminals. That's what they are. Okay? The street gangs, they're not going to turn in their guns. Okay? Anybody who is a criminal, they're going to hold on to their guns for sure. You know, they're, they're sure not going to turn in nothing. So those, if you totally disarm a society, those are the ones that end up having the weapons. And that's all by design. Because then you're, you're, easy, you're an easy target. You know, your defenseless, easy target. You and your whole family. Machine guns. But here you have thugs dressed up in the Islamic State colors of black, hiding their eyes. They don't know. One of them has a mask on, I think. Yes. Yes. With guns, fake guns that that police later came in and, and took away. Well, I, let me just say something. They didn't take them away. It wasn't until one of the bloggers, Pamela Hall, went up to the police and said, are you really going to let them go down Madison Avenue with those guns? And they wound up taking these big wooden sticks. Hmm. Uh, but if it hadn't been for her, uh, those guns would have been uh, would have gone down Madison Avenue. You know what, no the boldness here, I mean, there's that Islamic concept of tekiya, which is lying and deception to sort of... Uh, get away with things to sneak through to deceive the infidel. There's no taquilla here. These folks are saying what they want. They want women in cages. They want men with guns. They want Israel obliterated. Last photo here is of a... And again, this is what I'm saying. I really believe that we have just experienced some type of tipping point on a Muslim satanic level because of this, because of the beheading that just happened. These are things that are out in the open now. The other threat beheading... I honestly think the most the, the, the most in-your-face thing, the most audacious thing of all that I mentioned was the press conference where they were there, had the audacity when they should have been laying low and being ashamed of their devil death cult. They were out there saying praise Allah and quoting from the Quran while this guy's trying to give a press conference. To me, that's the most um, in-your-face audacious thing they did out of the things that I've mentioned. And I really think that we're getting to that point here where where the, that tipping point is starting to occur. Tank. A little tank. I mean, you would think that someone trying to advertise Muslim Day commonality of that. Let's show that last tank on the screen, please. There you go. Like, I mean, not even pretending. I mean, it's a goofy paper, cardboard mache tank. But this is your Muslim Day parade. This is the face you're putting forward. We only have 30 seconds left, Pamela. What does this say about their perception of what Americans will now accept in the streets of the biggest city. It's not even about our perceptions. It's what they think of us that's so telling here. Am I right? Absolutely. They are emboldened. 
They were unapologetic. They were blatant. And I believe that it's Obama's sanction of the jihad in Egypt, in Libya, in Syria, and across the world that you're seeing this is, this is what happens. I mean, everything is fluid, nothing is static, and they know there will be absolutely no repercussions. Listen, there have been no repercussions, really, for the Islamic State. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's the norming of jihad. Yeah. That's how I see it, Ezra. Pamela Geller, I'm so glad that you are one voice crying out, stop. I feel like sometimes we're in Germany in the 30s and something is coming and people would rather ignore it and hit the snooze button than to face up to reality. In fact, there are a lot of analogies with the Nazis, aren't there? Pamela Geller, thanks for joining us. More source coming up. Uh, I thought that was very, you know, very good and succinct what they got into there. And um, just further proof of what we're seeing, what we're reporting on today here. I don't like to give you just one report and then just say, okay, well, just take my word for it. I mean, I like to really um, just layer things to confirm and cross-confirm that this is not something that we're we're making up here. Now, switching gears slightly here, uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Special report, uh, Obama wants amnesty for murders and rapists. And illegals are raping their way through America's children, illegal aliens. North Carolina is home to nine sanctuary cities. This is where I live. I didn't even know this. Reports of murders and rapes upon the citizens by illegal aliens is staggering. InfoWars reporter John Bowne speaks with NC Fire Info President James Johnson about the massive undertaking regarding his organization's statistical analysis of criminal activity by illegals in North Carolina alone. In light of Obama's push for amnesty, this report serves as a warning of things to come. And here's all of the references for that. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play that short video, but before we do... Um, I'm just going to read, this is actually off this this man's website um, that we talked about. So here we have some statistics. August 14th, child rapist. This is just for North Carolina, okay? 78 confirmed and highly probable illegal aliens representing 418 different charges of rape against children in NC just in the month of August, okay? Um... And this is this is the this is the state that we're in here, just in North Carolina alone. So, seventy-eight confirmed and highly probable illegal aliens representing four hundred eighteen charges of rape, uh, just of rape of children in North Carolina. Okay, fruit of the illegal alien invasion. All of these individuals have a court date scheduled for, or were arrested for child rape just in June. Oh, in June. Okay, this is the next r- report. Here, um, many of them with multiple charges, meaning they rape more than one child or raped one child multiple times. And the report for June is uh, 48 individuals with 184 charges. In April, it was 93 individuals. These are all illegal aliens. 93 um, illegal aliens with a total of 350 charges relating to child rape. That was just for April. May, 73 illegal aliens with 299 charges. Um, July, 74 individuals with 300 plus charges. So this is what we're dealing with. He's got this um, on his website. It's called the Stolen Lives Quilt. It says, Honor, Remember, and Solidarity. And they, 
they have a picture of three different people here. I think that this is just a small portion of it. Uh, Joe's story of 51 of Lenore, North Carolina, which is really near me, hit by a drunk illegal alien who is now on the run. Um, that was 10-25-2011. Joe is missed by his wife, three sons, family, and many friends along with his business associates. And then there's Brittany Blakely, 18 years old, of Ashboro, North Carolina, hit by a drunk illegal alien in a stolen vehicle. Um, that was on um, 10-23-2010. And it shows pictures of them. Brittany is very much missed by her mother, family, fiancé, and many friends. Then there's Scott Gardner, 33, of Gaston County, North Carolina. He was hit by a drunk illegal alien. Now these are just, these are, we're just talking about child rapes here. These are other things. If you add up all the crimes the illegal aliens are committing, I, I can't even fathom those statistics. This is just one statistic. Just the most probably egregious statistic, child rape, but just one. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he was hit and killed by a drunk illegal alien with pri- five prior convictions. I mean, there's no reason he needed to be deported. He only, or, or totally in jail for the rest of his life. He only had five prior convictions. Okay? Uh, Scott is missed by his mother, two children, family, and Gaston County students. You see all the, the evil these types of devils wreak? And, and this is stuff is never really reported. This is just all swept under the rug. Oh, it's a legal alien. We have to protect him. Oh, he's evil. We have to protect him. We, we can't report on this. It's not politically correct. They, they might say that we're against uh, Latinos. We, we can't say anything against them. I'm against evil wherever I see it. Whether a white person's committing it, a Latino, a black person, a uh, Hispanic, I don't care. I am going to report on it. This goes further by saying, absconders from justice. 3,454 individuals have thumbed their nose at our NC justice system. See the report and view the charges here. That's a whole other thing. I guess people that have fled, um, maybe they posted bail and, and they fled. Well, I mean, these people don't have any scruples. They, they don't have any morals. They don't have any conscience. I mean, they came here illegally. Obviously, there's a big problem with somebody that would go to a country illegally and have no problem staying here and, and, and um, you know, taking advantage of all the, the multitude of benefits of being an illegal alien and have no conscience about it. You know? I mean, I have a real problem with saying, I'm a born-again Christian, I'm a legal alien. Well, don't you have a conscience about what you did? If the Holy Spirit lives inside you, wouldn't that bother you? I know it would me. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. It would really bother me. You know? But evidently it doesn't bother them. Evidently it doesn't bother them, you know, just totally um, all of the benefits and all the things they're receiving from the from the government. I mean, in, in the fact that they're here illegally and just siphoning off the system. Well, I guess, you know, it's no big deal to them. I don't know. Um, the North Carolina General Assembly voted to override Governor Pat McCrory's veto. So good old um, North Carolina they, they uh, General Assembly, they overrode. Pat McCrory's veto of the H-76786 Reclaim NC Act, or the Illegal Alien Jobs Act, and in doing so, they have just passed the largest illegal alien jobs bill in the history of North Carolina. See, the politicians are really on your side. You know, the politicians are making and letting all this stuff, all this evil happen. You can literally lay it all at the politicians' feet. All of this wickedness you can lay at their feet because they're creating the evil, wicked laws. They're enabling these devils, the Muslims, the illegal aliens, the gays, 
the pornography industry, you name it, whatever wicked you've got in this country, they're the ones that are enabling them through their wicked, evil laws and through their wicked, evil court systems. And you know what? They're just going to burn all the more hotter in hell because of what they're doing. They think that there's going to be no consequence for all the wickedness they have permitted when they have the power to do something about it. Or at least fight it. So, with the current unemployment rate of in North Carolina at 14.9%, this vote was unconscionable. Hey, you know, just let all the illegal aliens come into North Carolina. We, we, we want to totally um, uh, make sure that, that we give them the jobs and we don't give our own legal population the jobs because we want to reward evil in this country. That has become the norm. So here's the actual, if you want to see the statistics here, he's very, very big on documentation, this, this man who put this website up. It's ncfire.info, ncfire.info, and uh, I'll give you a link to the website here. He has an email, uh, I, I got on his email list, and uh, if you want to subscribe to that, but I mean, I understand if you're not in North Carolina, you, you may not have interest, but what he's doing should be patterned in every every state. So let's... um. Let's play this video here. Obama wants amnesty for murders and rapists. That's the name of the video. New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago have formed a big city coalition to grease the skids for illegal immigration in the United States. This coalition will push our tax dollars along with big corporate donations towards a greater voting procedure educational assistance, and microloans for illegal immigrants. They are going full steam ahead with a cloud-pivot-induced privileged society that is already destroying the American middle class. The NSA tracks the movements, phone calls, and emails of every U.S. citizen. But we can't know where these illegals are as they continue to miss their immigration hearings by 90%. So where are they? Apparently, a growing number of them have been flooding the southeast of the United States. And they are raping the children of these communities at an alarming rate. Spokeswoman for the Davidson County Sheriff's Office said USADA was in this country illegally. Gurau Aguilar faces three counts of aggravated sexual battery of a person under the age of 13. Jacobo Gurau faces one count of rape of a person under the age of 13. Police believe. So these are some of the few that actually make it on the nightly news. I think only the egregious, only the ones they can't sweep under the rug, they're going to report on. But. Uh, the man that put this website up said you would not believe the amount of digging he has to do every single day just in order to retrieve these statistics because they're so buried, because the news is not reporting on them about these illegal aliens. It's not something that was just put in his lap, something you have to just go out of your way to find because it's all being suppressed. 19-year-old Sergio Perez, an illegal immigrant, attacked the woman in her home Sunday. 418 children were raped by illegals in the state of North Carolina in the month of August 2014 alone. I spoke with James Johnson, the founder and president of North Carolinians for Immigration Reform Enforcement, about the history of his organization and methods needed to document this full-blown attack on America's youth. NC Fire started in 2007, and it came about as a result of me getting injured on the job. As I was going through physical therapy and rehab under workman's comp, I started seeing uh, a lot of individuals who could not speak English that had interpreters with them in the rehab process, in the therapy sessions. And so I started inquiring about, you know, what's going on, and then... You know, the other things you'd see, uh, non-American citizens, obvious people, 
at the grocery stores, you know, paying for two or three shopping carts full of groceries with the uh, 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 food stamp card and then buying, you know, the, the last carts full of alcohol and they're paying for that with wads of cash. And then I started noticing, you know, crime in this uh, newspaper report, crime on this television report here, you know, about Hispanic hyphenated surname individuals creating crimes. Or and, and North Carolina has just not has not been a bastion of uh, hyphenated uh, surname. All these flags, red flags, started coming together, and it just led me to the point where, you know, what's going on here? And I. <clears throat> So this is the man that started this website that I just quoted the statistics from. started looking into it, and the more you look into it, the more you find the effort is to hide it. Um, there, there's no, there, the crimes by illegal aliens are not compiled by any government agency anywhere in the United States as far as the public being able to access it. So I just decided that, you know what, I'll start cataloging it in North Carolina. And we first started out just listing all the crimes that we could find. And here's how we do it. We just started scouring the, the web, um, any kind of news reports, police reports. In North Carolina, there are 100 counties. So the first thing I did was go to all of the county sheriff's department's arrest records. And they're all online. Um, and then we started going through all of the, uh, like, TV station websites. Uh, newspaper websites, radio station websites, they'll have a crime section there on every one of those. And obviously, uh, in every county, there are cities and towns and municipalities that have their own police agencies. And so all of this stuff is online, and it takes a, a Herculean effort to try to compile this stuff. The numbers you're seeing now are not nearly all of it, because it's physically impossible for us as an organization with the limited people and resources that we have to, to uh, actually, you know, check all of those resources. So, in other words, he's only getting a fraction of the true numbers. The true numbers are way worse. <laughs> as alarming as they are, just in the child rape alone, the true numbers are, way, are, are actually way far worse. And so we go through every day of every county of every name from A to Z and pick out the ones that we suspect of being an illegal. And because of the charge, indecent liberties with a child is more prevalent to an illegal or someone from Central America or a uh, you know, Hispanic or Spanish background nation. Uh, now, that's not to say that Americans don't do it too, however. Um, and the way what we do is once we get the, the court date, it has the arrest record number, the court docket number, and the we take that number and go to the specific county where the person was arrested and get that agency's police report. And on there, it'll say, needs an interpreter for, for, uh, for court. Well, that's a dead giveaway that, first of all, a person doesn't speak English. Well, then obviously they 99% chance, 99.9% mm-hmm. chance that uh, they're illegal. They're illegally in the country. Now, down at the bottom of all of our reports, underneath the, uh, all the court dockets, we have listed the, uh, the articles, the news articles that we find with the links to them. And in, in many of those, they will actually say this person is an illegal immigrant or being held on ICE charges. Oh, it's killing us literally and figuratively, uh, in the pocketbook. And, you know, I mean, literally, we have people are dying from DWI, hit and run. North Carolina spent 
let me get this right, I believe it was $2.2 billion in tax money just to educate, incarcerate, and give emergency medical treatment to illegals in North Carolina alone uh, in the year 2012. That's the extra tax money that could be going to our citizens that need it, the elderly, the poor, uh, the whatever. Uh, it's, 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 they're inundating our schools. They're inundating, inundating our hospitals. Uh, it's a mess. Back in 2006, illegals were responsible for murdering an average of 12 Americans per day and 13 DUI deaths per day. Eight years later, those statistics continue to be swept under the rug as Obama opens the door for total decimation of America's middle class by fiat. John and again, that's why the big reason why this is done. Not only all the wickedness and devils they're literally bringing here, in their physical containers called bodies, okay, that are literally these devils and demons. I mean, child rape, you're defiling the land, okay? You literally are. I'm not saying Americans are perfect, but I'm saying these people at a even much higher... The, the Santa Morarty death cult that they're bringing, that religion that they're bringing here, with, combining that with Catholicism and these types of things, this is about defiling the land and absolutely annihilating and destroying the middle class to create an ultra-elite and a super-poor class. And... um this is what this is all really about. Bound for Infowars.com. Okay, so that's that's that report. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just just unbelievable here. Okay, so let's continue on. Uh, U.S. immigration population hits all-time high at 41.3 million. The number of legal and illegal immigrants living in the United States reached... Now, this is according to government statistics, uh, reached an all-time high of 41.3 million people in 2013, according to a new report from Immigration Studies. The U.S. immigration po population has doubled since the 1990s, with the general population has risen over 20%. The greatest increase over the last three years in immigrant population um, came from, well, they're admitting the greatest increase came from Middle East, and then they said Asia and the Caribbean. And I don't believe that. Because look at all the illegal aliens coming up from Central America. That's a total lie. I can believe the Middle East because they're coming up through the lower border as well. But how could you how could you say that you're you're acting like nobody's coming from Central America or Mexico? Come on, you liars. That's that's what we're that's what we've just been seeing here. By the thousands. You can't tell me that I mean these these people would eclipse the number of people that would even be in the Caribbean, probably. The Caribbean would have to be empty. For them, for those numbers to be even comparable, so that's just more lies. They did admit the Middle East, though, was one of the the greater um, uh, demographics that were coming. And you know, when you see that, you're also equating that with Islam for the most part. Approximately 2.5 million immigrants from predominantly Muslim countries reside right now in the U.S. alone. 2.5 million that ultimately are are Muslims that will be waging are waging stealth jihad, and many, many, many of them will go hot when the time is coming. This is all they're admitting to, and they will wage real jihad. And then you've got guys like this last weekend where, hey, let's let's wage it right now. Let's just start cutting off innocent ladies' heads, you know, in the workplace. Let's just do it. Let's get it. Let's get it on. And this is what we're seeing here. So we got 2.5 million that they're admitting to already here, predominantly Muslim countries. Um, 
They're prepositioning, my comment is they're prepositioning their Islamic army just like they do in every country they invade and defile. This is known as stealth jihad up until the time when it becomes a hot uh, jihad. So that's what we're, we're dealing with here. So, next report. Uh, for nearly three months this summer, the Obama administration carefully avoided answering questions about what happened to tens of thousands of immigrant families caught illegally crossing the Mexican border and released into the United States with instructions to report back to immigration authorities. Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson and others said they faced de- deportation. Right. But it turns out that the tens of thousands of those immigrants did not follow the government's instructions to meet with federal immigration agents within 15 days. Instead, they vanished into the interior of the U.S. Oh, well, we don't know where they went. Oops-a-daisy. Oh, oh boy, what are we going to do? The Homeland Security Department privately acknowledged that about 70% of the immigrant families failed to report as ordered. Well, I'm sure if they're saying 70%, it's probably more like 99 because they're liars, and that's all they can do. The government did not specify the total number of families released into the U.S. since October. Since only a few hundred families have been returned to their home countries and limited U.S. detention facilities can house only about 1,200 family members. The 70% figure suggests that the government released roughly, and again, this is a lowball figure, 41,000 members of illegal alien families who subsequently failed to appear at federal immigration offices. Again, all by design. Every bit of this stuff. Next report in... This is just unbelievable. Um, I want to get into these two, and then I'll I'll cover this last one last. Uh, Feds to build fourth residential center for border crossers in Texas. A large new illegal immigrant housing center will be opened in South Texas. The South Texas Family Residential Center will ultimately hold 2,400 individuals, primarily families who were apprehended while crossing the Texas Texas-Mexico border. During their stay at the center, foreigners will be provided with taxpayer-funded medical care, playrooms, social workers, educational services, and access to legal counsel, according to Breibart. So I'm glad we're taking care of these criminals as they cross the border and we're giving them all the amenities that they never experienced, where probably they came from. We're treating them way better than they've ever been treated in their life. And why on God's green earth would they ever want to go? I mean, when they've get, they're given all of this stuff right after, in fact, that's the reason they came here. Come on. Let's be realistic. Next report. Military to allow illegals to serve. For the first time, the program known as Military Ascensions Vital to National Interest or Mavani will be open to immigrants without, without a proper visa if they came to the U.S. with their parents before the age of 16. Because we can't punish them. You know, more specifically, they must be approved under a 2012 Obama administration policy known as DACA. The new DOD policy may be the first phase of a broader government-wide effort to ease pressure on immigrants and create a new path to citizenship. President Obama, frustrated with the failure of Congress to to pass any substantial immigration reform, because we haven't let enough illegal aliens into the country. No, no, no. He's really frustrated over that. He has vowed to aggressively use his presidential authority, meaning executive privilege, to change the way immigration policies are carried out. So now they're going to allow illegal aliens to serve in the military. Okay? Here's the next one. Um, Harvard grants illegal alien full scholarship. When Dario Guerrero, an illegal immigrant who found out about his status in high school, told Harvard that he was in the country illegally, 
The school encouraged him to apply and gave him a full scholarship after he was accepted. Well, isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful when you live in a nation that rewards wickedness and evil and punishes righteous behavior? Which is basically what happens now every every time you turn around. I mean, this is pretty much what we report on a, on a weekly basis, day in, day out. Okay, and we're going to end our study with this last report, and it's entitled, Network of Churches Provide Sanctuary to Illegal Aliens. A network of two dozen churches, all 501c3, uh, yoked up with the government, has promised to offer physical sanctuary to illegal immigrants facing deportation, saying they want to create a safe haven that federal officials won't invade. Like, the federal officials aren't enabling and encouraging this whole thing to begin with. No, they want to further create another level of protection that the federal officials won't invade as a way of preventing the migrants from being kicked out of the country. You know, they want to reward wickedness, our, our wonderful 501c3 liberal churches in America, because they know best, you know? They want to reward evil. The movement is the latest effort by activists trying to stop as many deportations as possible after failing to win relief from President Obama, who earlier this month temporarily shelved plans to expand his non-deportation policies. I mean, oh, what's this world coming to, you know? This, this angered Hispanics and immigration advocates because, you know, we're, we're just not getting this done quick enough, you know? Come on, Obama, get on the stick. Come on, liberal churches. Come on, Congress, Senate, governors, everybody. Come on. Open it all up. Come on. Let every wicked devil on the planet come in. And how dare you? You're a racist if you even say anything to the contrary. Wait, what kind of wicked devil are you who would turn away all of these illegal aliens? Who are, I mean, what kind of animal would, would do such a thing? Basically is what we're dealing with here. This is like Satan giving me a morality lesson. This is what I equate it to. Satan coming to a Christian in brow, or anybody with any kind of, of morality or righteous stance, coming to them and browbeating them, saying, what kind of, what kind of animal are you? You, the children. Keep harping on the children. When that's just an extremely small percentage of what, I mean, what we're dealing with here with the M13, Gang, uh, MS-13 gang members, all of the drug cartels, all of the Islamic people. I mean, we're talking a cavalcade of evil and wickedness. So let's go further here. Um, the movement is the latest effort by activists. Okay, I already said that. Dub Sanctuary 2014... The movement consists of 24 churches in 12 cities scattered across the country that have all vowed to open their doors to holding illegal immigrants facing deportation. Evidently, there's not enough illegal aliens here for their liking. They want more. All over the nation, communities of faith are saying, we won't break our promise. Promise to who? Satan? Who are they promising this to? Satan? I can't imagine any other entity you would make a promise like this to. And so we declare sanctuary, said the, the good reverend Allison Harrington, pastor of Southside Presbyterian Church in Tucson, Arizona. My comment, breaking your promise to who? Satan, I already said that. Here's a good picture of the pastor. The reverend pastor, Allison Harrington, 
Now, she might want to see my, my teachings on reverend, which is a totally unbiblical title, which is only used one time in the Bible, and it's referring to God only, where the Bible says holy and reverend is he, meaning God. It's not a human title. We shouldn't take it on ourselves. We should consider the pit once we are dug, you know, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, because we went to some cemetery and we got some title before our name, so we think that we're better than everyone else. And then also my teaching, she probably wouldn't like them too much, but what can women do for the Lord? And what are the biblical qualifications of a pastor, deacon, elder, or bishop, or you know any of that? What, what does the Bible say? Well, she don't care. She don't care. But you know she might want to hear that. I, I posted the, the links here for her if she wants to read those. But um, I, I think it probably rub her the wrong way. The Reverend Allison J. Heron, this is a little bio of her. The Reverend Alan J. Alan J. Harrison became Southside's pastor in January of 2009, bringing with her a passion for the Antichrist, I'm sorry, I mean for Christ, and for social justice. Now, when I saw that word social justice, I, I wanted to get the true definition of what is social justice. Here's the definition. Social justice is justice in terms of the redistribution of wealth. What is the whole illegal alien thing about? It is about bringing these people in to suck our system dry. Okay? Our resources that the taxpayers have put into it to suck that totally dry. To totally annihilate the middle class and to put the middle class on the same level as the ultra poor. But the ultra poor, like the illegal aliens in them, they will be at an elevated status when the middle class will be in tent cities. That's the way they want it. Or the middle class, let's say, if there's any type of, of patriotic bent, they're just going to be in the FEMA concentration camps. You know? So, anyway, social justice is justice in terms of redistribution of wealth. This is what her, her goal is. Now, remember, this is her, her, her passion for social justice. Redistribution of wealth opportunities and privileges within a society. And no wonder she's taken in these illegal aliens because that's what that movement is all about. She is nothing but a tool of Satan. That's all this good reverend pastor is. A tool of Satan. I said my comment is, hmm, kind of sound, uh, kind of like all the free services and privileges given to the illegal aliens for committing the act of entering the U.S. illegally? That's, that's privileges, redistribution of wealth and opportunities and privileges in a society. Well, that's what she's all about. She's all about working with Satan to bring that one world system under Antichrist about. And more and more, the church is on the same uh, wavelength, has the same goal, ultimately, as the Antichrist and false prophet. That's what we're going to see more and more. The United Nations 2006 document called Social Justice in an Open World. So now we have the United Nations using that term, Social Justice. Um, it's the, the full name of this 2006 United Nations document is Social Justice in an Open World. The role of the United Nations concludes that, quote, social justice <clears throat> is not possible without strong and coherent redistributive policies conceived and implemented by public agencies, meaning the government. We're going to rob you, we're going to take your resources, we're going to rob you, 
We're going to suck you dry, Mr. Person in Middle Class, or anybody that's not on board with the New World Order agenda, and we're going to redistribute to all of our legal aliens, to all the Muslims, to whoever is wicked, for the most part. Not saying everybody that, that, that is in those programs are wicked. I'm saying that in this particular case, I'm wanting to highlight who they're trying to redistribute the wealth to. And this is what they're all about. She attended the University of California at Berkeley, which is probably the most radical, liberal, nutcase university in all of California. I mean, the land of the fruits and nuts. Berkeley is like ground zero. I'm not coming against my California listeners. I'm just saying, Berkeley's ground zero for the land of the fruits and nuts. When she earned a bachelor's degree in peace and conflict studies with an emphasis on U.S. race relations, after graduation, she became a community organizer in the San Francisco Bay Area. I guess she was following in Obama's footsteps, except she was even in a more liberal, pro-gay area of San Francisco, whereas Obama did it in Chicago. Seeking to approach issues of social concern from a faith perspective, she left community organizing to attend the San Francisco Theological Seminary. Boy, I bet you that cemetery is really on fire for God. San Francisco, the the gay capital of the United States and maybe the world, and she goes to their theological seminary. Can you imagine how reprobate and apostate that place is? where she was a presidential scholar. She also has a blog on the pro-gay, ultra-liberal Huffington Post. Imagine that. So this is becoming more and more and more the norm. This type of abomination, who I just, whose bio I just read, okay? This is becoming more and more the norm in the church as they go away from the word of God, as they say, we don't care what the Bible says, we're going to make this up. If it feels right, do it. And, and, and this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're moving toward. This type of disgusting society that we're becoming. I am trying, and I know a lot of other Christians are trying to fight this. Every day, tooth and nail, and understanding that it is a spiritual battle. And that, but the problem that you're gonna always run into when dealing with this is that the Bible predicts it was gonna be this way and then it was gonna get this way. And unfortunately, ultimately, in the end, this is the way we're moving, according to the Bible. But again, being a good soldier for Christ, occupying until Jesus Christ comes, these types of things, fighting evil, exposing evil, reproving the fruitful works of darkness, having no fellowship with them, you know, not being ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us, not being destroyed for lack of knowledge, like the Bible talks about in Hosea 4.6, that really tends to become your central focus, and trying to educate and help others, and win others to the Lord, and a lot of times this type of information can be Ice breaking, um, because it, it's it's so obvious and in your face and flagrant at this point uh, that it's pretty tough to dispute. I mean, like just the study we did today, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to refute the information that we went into just today. And I've got basically I don't even know how many, probably over a thousand individual parts now of studies um, over since like 2006. So we have that body 
of, of teachings that, I mean, you know, it's just really irrefutable. Um, so that's all I have for today. Actually, I wanted to cover way more, but I'm basically just about out of time. And um, uh, we will go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord. I pray you bless the body of Christ in the name of Jesus Christ, the innocent Lord. I just pray, God, for your protection, that your angels will go before us to prepare the way, Lord. I pray you intervene in these situations that we brought up today, Lord, not that we just wring our hands about this stuff, but that you literally intervene in these situations that we've went over today. These situations, Lord, that I'm sure are far more grievous to you than they even are to us. The righteous indignation that you have is probably far exceeding anything we could even understand regarding this wickedness and this evil that seems to be pressing in on all sides increasingly on an everyday basis. I pray, God, you show us how you want us to fight this. Because I'm just a man, Lord. I can't, I can't know and always direct. And I can only point people to the word of God. I pray you show us biblically how you want us to fight these things. I know we fight these things on our knee. I know we need to put on the full armor of God. I know we need to educate other people. I know we need to try to witness to people. But if there's any things, Lord, that I'm leaving out or if I'm lacking in regard to equipping the, the body of Christ and the saints, I pray to God you would convict them of that, convict me of that, Lord, and, and that we would be able to be even more effective in fighting this evil, in exposing it, and that I pray to God, Lord, you would judge this wickedness, like you said in the Bible, that all men, in Psalm 64, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord, and trust in you, and all the upright in heart would glory. I do pray you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed, in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that you cleanse us, from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.